0: I'm Catherine. I'm Teresa. And we are the co-authors of the book, Pass the Baton, Empowering All Music Students. Our goal is to share stories of educators who are passing the baton and empowering their music students. We want to help teachers create music lessons that transform students from passive consumers to vibrant creatives. All right. Perfect. Welcome back. Hi, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us today. Um, Catherine and I are joined by Sonia Nussen. We are so excited to have her here. Um, We actually met Sonia on Clubhouse, which if you're not on Clubhouse, yes, here's our little push for that. Uh, A great new-ish social media app. But um, we had the pleasure of meeting Sonia and talking about some work that she's doing in music composition. So thank you for being here. Um, Sonia, would you be able to tell us a little about your background and kind of what you're doing these days?
1: Yeah, Um, hi, Uh, so I'm Sonia Nusson. I, um, uh, English accent, but live in America. And um, I live in Maryland currently. And um, I am a music educator, singer, and composer. Um, And um, I currently run um, composition workshops for kids. through an organization that I set up called Go Compose North America. Prior to that, and simultaneously to that, I teach voice lessons, I um, am a singer, and um, I have previously, you know, my degree is in cello performance, but also I come from, I'm sort of working backwards actually, but I I come from a musical family Uh, My father was a very prominent composer and conductor. His name was Oliver Nusson. Um, And my mother was also a music educator and um, she made documentaries um, about music. So I come from this uh, very, I mean, some people would say eclectic sort of uh, family of musicians. Um, Everybody, like a lot of people on my dad's side of the family uh, are string players. Um, and so I've just grown up with music around me all the time. And for me, it was never a thought that I wouldn't do music, but not because anybody made me, but because I just assumed when I was a kid that everybody did music. Um, so that, yeah, so now I'm, I'm running these uh, music composition workshops um, online um, and they all started because of the pandemic. Yeah, that's awesome. So, I guess is there
0: a way to go a little bit more into um, Go Compose North America, and so it started kind of thir- during the pandemic. Um, but what's happening with it now that I don't know if we're
1: out of it, but we're you know we're getting <laughs> getting through it. So, what's going on now with, with well, it? so um, if I give you just a little bit of the background, like as I say, it started from the pandemic, and what happened was that my mentor who had taught me composition when I was in sort of high school age and middle school age, um, got in contact with me during, um, at the very start of the pandemic and said, we really need to keep um, children realizing that they can still be creating and still be composing through this whole thing that um, even if they're not in school, it doesn't have to stop. And so it started with some free workshops in the UK based on a program that had been, run by an organization called Sound and Music in the UK called Go Compose. So we did this Go Compose workshop. I offered to do a North America uh, Go Compose because of time zones Mm -hmm. and I was oversubscribed. Um, And so I realized that in fact there aren't many workshops like the ones that we offer um, available here regardless of whether there's a pandemic or not. And the fact that it was online meant that we have access. Anyone in the world can sign up for our workshops. So as I said, originally they were free. Now we have to charge a bit, but we give people financial assistance. We do some free ones, some paid ones. We also invite people back um, to do additional workshops. Um, And the way that they work is that um, we get up, usually up to 12 kids in a workshop, um, aged 11 to 18. And we have a professional composer, usually more than one, but we have a professional composer who gives them uh, some information on a topic, on a theme. So, for instance, recently we did one on color. Um, I think it was called color to sound. And so we really went in depth on that. So it went through everything from synesthesia and seeing colors in your head when you hear music to what happens if you're given a painting, what do you see or what do you, might you hear or, or create? That was actually the end stimulus was um, a bunch of different paintings and they got to choose one and then compose music based on what they saw. Um, so throughout this, um, they get to work with a composer and also through the entire time, they get what I call an instrument petting zoo from afar they actually get to work with professional um, instrumentalists and um, they get a full demo of the instrument. But also it's m- everybody that I try and bring into these workshops are um, new music specialists, usually. Not always. Um, or, um, you know, very far into their careers. Not far into their careers. That makes them sound old. I don't mean like that. <laughs> but you know, you know what I mean? But, like, um, very, very awesome with kids as well. And just the really, really wonderful knowledge. And we let the kids as the reason we call it, I call it instrument petting zoo from afar is that we let the kids ask um, the instrumentalists to try things. So they might say, can I hear that thing again where you did that scratchy thing with the violin bow? you know, Or if there's somebody who's very knowledgeable because our, that's the other thing I haven't said yet is that we, um, we have a wide age range And we also have wide ability range. Mm -hmm. So you can come to a Go Compose workshop and in the same workshop, you could have an 11 year old who can't read music. Um, And I say can't read music because we could have a 17 year old in the same workshop who's decided they're going to be a music major in college. Um, and they can work in the same workshop and take the same class and have the same information given to them because we don't want to dumb down for the people who don't read music. That doesn't mean that they're not going to understand the concepts. It just means that just like if you had something that was bilingual, for instance, and you had something that was in French and English, you'd probably have a translator. Well, we just translate what we're explaining You know, we ask them to ask questions. We ask ask them questions. We make sure that everybody gets lots and lots of information and that they work at a pace and and in a way that works for them. So um, if they don't read music, they're going to write, we're going to show them about graphic scores. We're going to explain to them that they could actually just write in narrative. If they're someone who likes writing, make them write narrative. We had one person who actually does read music who opted when she learned about um, extended techniques. Um, And what I mean by that is, you know, interesting sounds that you can create on an instrument that may not be your standard rep playing. Um, And she learned about those and she learned about graphic scores. And we also talked about narrative and she took a poem that she wrote herself and presented it actually part of it, it was almost like a, a piece of i mean it was a piece of art each page i think it was it was either that each page or each or each page had a color i can't remember whether it was a different colored paper or whether it was different colored ink or what it was but and it was very much a here's the music the little fragment of music but it relates to this line of poetry and it's this color and that was all her own doing we didn't say oh you must do this 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 sometimes we do so sometimes it, there'll be very tight guidelines and part of that is so that everybody's in the same place because mm-hmm. if you start with tight guidelines usually what happens is everybody does something starts off the same and all of a sudden it just explodes um, into all kinds of different directions and you discover some talent that you didn't know was there and sometimes the kids didn't know was there mm-hmm. so that's what we do and then at the end of the original workshops we actually did a concert we would do concerts so they'd write their piece during the first day. It was um, a two-day thing. So the first day they'd arrive, they'd have their class, they'd have their instrument petting zoo. We'd say, okay, this is what you're going to do after lunch. We'd go off, have lunch. I'm very, very strangely strict about turning off your computer at lunchtime, like having a break, screen time, and also pointing out that we, as the teachers, or mentors, friends, whatever you want to call us, we need our break too. Like, we're not going to be online. If if we're saying we're switching off, that means I am switching off, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, Then we come back and we're like, right, let's get started. So we, um, everybody starts composing and we are available the entire time. So for the entire length of time that we have said that we're going to be doing the workshops, they can come in and have individual sessions. Um, Some of the composition mentors choose to schedule it. So they'll go, why don't you come at this time, you come at this time. Some of them just say, oh, you can drop in, or they do a combination. The instrumentalists are there too. And usually they teach as a team. So they'll come in and somebody will come in and be like, I just wrote this. And then the player will go, oh, let's play it through. And they'll show it on their screen. And You know, I don't know why I'm thinking of violin because I was talking to a violin tutor today who's also a composer, (laughs) you know, and then they'll play their thing and they'll say, well, this is a bit difficult. This one's easy. Oh, have you thought about this? And then sometimes the instrumentalist, just like in the professional world, if if somebody was written, you know, a concerto or whatever, they would have a, a... in today's world, you do have say because of this, this technology that we have. Right. They could say, you know, oh, you know what? Have you ever heard this sound before? Or if I do this instead of this, that works better for me. And, and so they can write as they're going along. Um, and then we give them a kind of like a deadline, you know, and mm-hmm. it's not really a deadline, you know. And what we tend to find is that um, our less experienced um, composer kids Will actually have kind of strangely timed their writing because it's new to them. They'll really have already thought that their deadline was going to be the end of the day. Mm-hmm. So usually their compositions come in first. Um, and also the people who are very, very um, adept and, her- uh, is that the word I'm looking for? Yeah. And who like write quickly and who are used to composing. You know, there's one student that comes to mind who. He's always done early, but he also writes, I mean, uh, 10 pages when somebody else has written too, you know, so like, um, it just depends, you know, just like all of us, we all work at different paces and we all have our brains work in different ways. And then the next day, what I tend to do is I do a listening class, which somewhat relates to whatever the topic of the day was the day before. And I do it like pop-up video. So, if you if, if people remember the pop-up video TV show from the, I guess it was the 90s, <laughs> um, on VH1 and MTV, where the video would come up and then information would pop up. I do that, but I do that with a, um, you know, a 20th or 21st century piece of music, and I do it all through chat. So, as the piece is playing, I type listen to this, listen to this, which means that they're getting the information in real time instead of having to retain what they heard and then go back to it, Mm -hmm. which for me works better because that's how I think, as you can tell, I Zoom So um, when I'm on. So like, um, I feel like it works. I'm very childlike. I mean, pink hair. So, you know, Um, so I, I do my, you know, I do that. And I also, I encourage them to type. So you also find out really cool things from the chat and all the way through they're allowed to chat I also take notes not for them to read afterwards but in case there's a a vocabulary word in a class that one person knows and another person doesn't I'm usually there as the kind of well referee is the wrong word but I'm the person who will just say oh can you stop one second could you just explain to me, because I can't remember what this word means, or could you explain, because some people might know that dynamics means loud and soft, but could you be a, you know, you just used quite a complicated word there. Could you explain what this means? Mm -hmm. Um, uh, Or can you show us, because sometimes an instrumentalist will play something and go, of course I can glissando from this note to this note. And I was like, yeah, could you just go back and could you show us, could you play us so that we can hear what that high note is and what that lower note is, and then actually show us what the glissando is. And then if we, you know, it depends on what technology we're using on the day or or what we're doing. Sometimes you can, you know, we can show them how to write it, or we just tell them, you know, you could just draw a line. And then as they're explaining, I will type, you know, in big capital letters, a keyword and some information. So basically there's, there's a bunch of notes that they're taking, they can take in the information in different learning styles, which for me is really important because as I said, I'm a bit wacky and I learn things in, in kind of unusual ways. Um, so on, so we were back back to day two and we've done our chat thing. During that time, the professional performer, instrumentalist or singer is practicing the music <laughs> that came in an hour prior to class. So I tend to say, we do it slightly later afternoon, They're practicing and then they get a dress rehearsal if they choose to attend. So the dress rehearsal is on the schedule of the, of the tutor. um, Because just like in the real world, you know, we have gigs, we have different things going on in our lives. Some people have kids, you know, who have their own activities. Um, They have their rehearsal. The composers just like in the real world are welcome to be there at the time of their rehearsal. Um, And uh, sometimes we do, I've got one composer, um, who does a great little presentation at the beginning that just says, Hey, have you ever had your piece played in a, in a rehearsal before? This is what happens in a dress rehearsal. And this is the right, you know, this is, it's okay to say, Oh, could you do this slightly differently? But it's not okay if they haven't got the notes right to say, I'm sorry, you're playing all the wrong notes because this is their rehearsal. And you have to remember that we're in a workshop. And that's the other thing is that we do a lot of saying, you know, we're in a workshop. There's, no right or wrong here. And that also means that perfection is not what we're aiming for. If you've written a perfect piece, yay. You know, (laughs) if you think it's perfect at the end, yay. We probably will think it's perfect at the end too. In fact, we do anyway, but just be aware that it's a workshop and the whole point is that we're learning throughout. And then we present it that way in the concert. We, you know, we have, we invite the audience, the audience is usually the parents and the friends and family of the kids who have written the pieces and also some of our friends and colleagues because we love these pieces. So we like to have people there. We don't make it mega public yet because we're still working on, you know, um, safety. You know, and I'm very, very, I guess paranoid is the right word, but in a good way about child safety Um, and making sure that, you know, we don't get people coming into our meetings or whatever. So we do our little private concert. And then um, a little bit later, um, we've now started putting the performances on a YouTube channel. So there's now a Go Compose North America YouTube channel that uh, you can see compositions that have been written. um, And sometimes I'll post them on our social media channels. And um, sometimes we adapt it a bit. So sometimes we don't necessarily do a concert. So for instance, if there's a smaller group of kids, you know, if it's two or three people, It's more worthwhile for everyone, for both the performers, you know, the the tutors and also for the students to have a recording session or a real rehearsal where they can go really in depth into their piece. So in fact, we just did a workshop. It was three people were invited back. They did an electric guitar workshop about um, minimalism. So they got... Loop pedals. We had a composer. His name is um, Andrew Noseworthy. He is a composer and electric guitar player. So he um, sh- he had this huge board of pedals. I didn't understand. I because in my brain I was like, I'm just going to sneakily write a piece off to the side, you know, like <laughs> while well, this I'm going to learn about it. And there was so much information that came in, so much stuff. I was like, oh, I'm going to have to take that and then like absorb it you know, this is where you can see the difference between a student between the age of 11 and 18 and me in my 40s, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like the, the, the taking in of the info. And then, uh, you know, people writing, these amazing students wrote three-minute pieces uh, with loops and trying new things. And they got full rehearsed, like a full recording session essentially. But the way we did it was we said, this is a workshop your pieces are very difficult because it just happened to be that these ones were. We want to be realistic. We want you to understand how it works because this was the, the, the ed, more advanced end of the, of the scale. And so for them, we said, okay, so what we've decided is this hour is going to be for you and your composition and to give you little snippets. And amazingly, Andrew, our composition tutor, um, offered to record uh, the three pieces in his home studio. So he's doing that at the moment. And, um, you know, maybe by the time this goes out on your YouTube channel, um, it might even be on ours. I'm not sure yet, but, but I mean, these were like very complicated pieces. The other side of it is, you know, somebody writing a graphic score and had a professional viola player who plays in the Lydian string quartet, play their graphic score based on, an, on a composition game called Take a Line for, for a Walk, and um, wrote this piece. And I actually put it quite frequently out on social media because it is such a great example of what you can do having never composed before um, and get this amazing performance at the end. So yeah, that's what I do. It's, it's, I just have a lot of fun giving kids these opportunities and um, based off of what I had, um, because I was lucky because I did have these things because as I said, this all started from my composition mentor, her name's Alison Cox and she's the head of composition at the Purcell school in, in London. And, um, you know, I did get these amazing opportunities from her because I was at a music school and also cause I come from a musical family, but there's no reason why kids can't be composing in every classroom mm-hmm. in any country. So, yeah, so that's what I do.
0: Oh, oh my goodness! There are so many things that you said that I was just like,
1: yes,
0: I, I love this. I mean, just the fact that you you know you're emphasizing that process and the idea of you know giving them some guidelines to start with and and but letting them take it to where it fits their needs. I mean, so much of what you said is so personalized to each student, and yeah, it's it's really really awesome. Um, I mean, you you kind of said this as you went through, but you know, what kind of benefits are you seeing that the students are getting?
1: Um, Oh, all kinds of things. So, you know, you get the, the student who realizes, oh wait, I'm actually good at this. I thought I was just doing this for fun at home. Um, One student comes to mind. um, If he ever watches this, he'll know it's about him. So, um, (laughs) but um, his trumpet teacher is my best, is one of my best friends. And uh she said to me she was about to do one of our workshops and she said to me um I think I should invite my student to come to the workshop because I asked him the other day what he did this weekend and he said oh I tried to write a symphony and (laughs) and it just sort of you know and she said wait do you do this a lot yeah I'm just trying it out and so you know the last time I spoke to him and I said I I have a feeling you've got the composition bug now because he's done a couple of workshops with us and he said, uh, "Yeah, I think I want to do this in college." You know, so that that's one benefit is realizing that you're taken seriously for what you do. Um, another benefit, again, um, and this is for any ability, but a lot of these students find their find their people. That's actually what a parent said um, to me in an email after a workshop. That a lot of students, and I was one of these students. You go to school, if you're a musical kid, the assumption is as a musical kid that you're going to pick your one instrument and you're going to stay with it. And that's what you do. And Mm -hmm. I was not that kid. So to give you an idea, and I'm clearly not that adult either. So, (laughs) um, you know, as an adult, I have been a professional cellist. Um, I don't play at all now, by the way. So nobody ask me please. Uh, (laughs) So I did my undergrad degree as a cellist. I, um, have degrees as a, as a singer I sing in ensembles mostly but I do do solo work and then I do this um, that's that's my musical life um, a lot of people I think they think music equals instruments or singing equals that's what you're going to do and that's it and so it's finding out that oh I can do this extra thing or oh I could do this extra thing and then it turns into a real thing or oh this is another thing I could do for fun you know um it's learning that composition can be an activity or it can be a serious thing that you do it can be um you can do it in tandem with playing an instrument but you can also do it just by humming into a tape machine you know tape machine I sound really you know what i mean <laughs> Humming into a phone into a tape machine oh my goodness um, sorry because the reason i said that is because i was thinking and i only had this thought recently was um you know, we were talking about Clubhouse earlier. Mm -hmm. And part of the reason why I I realized the other day that part of the reason why Clubhouse is really appealing to me is that as a kid, I used to pretend to make little radio shows and I was a books on tape kid. I was not a natural reader. I remember learning to read. I don't remember learning to read music. Mm -hmm. I know for a lot of people, it's the other way around, but I, that's, my mum was a music copyist when I was a child. So like, um, she I think used to write out little nursery rhymes and obviously my dad was a composer and I grew up just thinking that people you know write music and that's, you know and you do and so um I used to have all these like books on tape and you know and then CDs later on but then you know and then you have your your cassette your favorite piece of music um and uh, or a new song or I remember my uncle used to make me um he made me a mixtape one year with um, Beatles songs on it. And I just thought that was the coolest thing in the world. But then I would get that and make my own little radio show. And essentially that's kind of what Clubhouse is now. <laughs> like we can go on there and we can be like, oh, I am running a radio show. And that's what I did in my, I did a presentation recently. And I literally did it. The, I realized after the fact that I had just used different technology, but I had literally like, played a clip of music by holding my phone up to the speaker you know on my computer and um introduce things and given people just like all of my favorite fun things all in one little presentation and that's kind of what I want to do in with Go Compose with America it's all my favorite little things and finding your own favorite little things and then turning them into something exciting for you and um I feel like it's it does, it opens doors for kids. And and it also opens doors for teachers. Um, and one thing that I'm sort of considering doing this kind of presentation, like I'm you know, talking to you guys, but actually offering this as part of what Go Compose North America offers. Um, so helping teachers in the classroom find ways to incorporate composition into their everyday classes. And it doesn't just have to be the music classroom. It can be all kinds of classrooms. Um, and also we are likely to have some workshops that are more regular. So instead of people signing up just for two days, it might be multiple weekends mm. throughout the year and having the same cohort of kids. So again, they have found their people and they get to keep having communication with their people. Um, and I, I just think that, you know, this quirky, the quirky kids or the kids that don't quite, you know, do that instrument learning only. Um, sometimes that's because they need a creative outlet or multiple creative outlets and you need to find your own path. And I really want to help people do that because I feel like it needs to be more normal mm-hmm. that we all have our own path um, because it wasn't nece- even even in the wackiest of circumstances, having your own path is still considered by somebody that, you know, very strange and unconventional. Um, And I think that, that, I mean, we're now in a time when that has, I mean, clearly, you know, we were all thrown into technology and everybody had to change into that. So uh, might as well use it to our advantage. We can bring this, these kind of conversations and this kind of teaching into any classroom, anywhere in the world with technology.
0: Yeah. 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 Well, without like, you know, I know you talked about like, you might, you might start presenting to teachers and having presentations for them specifically. Is there just a little bit of advice that you could give us today that you would tell somebody that's starting out and, you know, is not familiar with this,
1: but wants to, to try? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think the first thing that I would say is start small. So, um, compose it. I mean, if I think about, if I'm writing a composition so I'm going to let you all into it's not even a secret anymore but I put some of my first ever reels on Instagram recently Mm -hmm. and I decided that I didn't want any of the music that they offered so I wrote my own (laughs) Um, (laughs) and it's a a silly sort of jazzy baseline but the idea is it start I'm starting small so start from one little idea it can be one note Mm -hmm. it can be one fragment it can be one line Um, I can tell you, I'm not quite sure when this is going out, but um, there's a project available right now on the NASA website, where they give you a fragment of music. It's called the Lucy NASA Soundscape, I think. Um, You could take that, they also play it to you. So if you don't read music, you can hear it. Um, You can take that and then you figure out all the millions of ways that you can play with that tune. So at first you're like, okay, oh, I don't know, what does that mean? Well. I would say if you're a music teacher, or if you're someone who's had musical training in some way, go right back to the basics, to the elements of music and literally go through it step-by-step. That's what I do as a composer. I go through the music and I go, what can I do with this? Can I, you know, also like, I don't know, math or science or art. What can you do with this art if it doesn't look right? Oh, if I tilt this this way, oh, actually it's starting to look good this way if it's abstract, right? So turning things upside down, you know, writing the notes backwards, going forwards, but also going through um, what are the dynamics going to be? Um, What is the colour of the sound going to be? So what instrument are you going to play it on? And are you going to play that with, so let's say it was a classroom instrument, like a, let's say a glockenspiel, right? I love glockenspiels. But are you going to play that with with the hard, you know, mallet? or are you going to play it or are you going to play it with the um let's see if i pretended this was my my uh glockenspiel mallet right um and this was the top am i going to play it with the stick instead of with this that's going to make a different color um am i going to hit it you know play it loudly am i going to do lots and lots of repeated notes am i going to do one long note and let it ring so All of those things, if you could combine those into one piece, and that would be an an amazing composition written on one note, right, what we've just done. And I think, you know, starting, seeing how many things you can do with that, using the elements of music um, to just inform it. Like, what can I do with dynamics? What can I do with structure? Like, do I want to have a structure? Am I doing patterns in math right now? Maybe you've done A, B, A patterns in math. Well, then you could do A, B, A. You could literally play the notes A, B, A, right? <laughs> or you could say, what is my A pattern going to be? You can make one up. And again, if you don't read music, that doesn't matter. You can clap a rhythm. You can play on the table. You can hit a drum. You can hit, a you know, play a pitched instrument. You can try things. Um, and I think, you know, that is how we all start composing. Because then by the end of that, you've got a brainstorm of tons of ideas that then you just have to figure out what how to organize it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I, I think so often we think that composition is this big scary thing, but it it's not just start with something small. I love that.
1: Yeah, I just um, one of actually this another one of the reels I did was literally like three ways that you can um, compose music without uh, using a music note. You know, in other words, without writing a note on the page. So I, I went, I said technology, um, art, so drawing pictures, graphics, and narrative. Um, and, you know, that also covers a lot of people's different learning ways. And um, actually, when I was talking in this, um, I've been talking a lot about STEAM recently because I did a clubhouse uh, steam, it was called Steam Camp, but it was basically a convention for teachers. And um, I, I was talking about how um, we should use the senses that we have, whatever senses we have available to us, because, you know, some people are hard of hearing or some people don't have sight, but they have other senses, touch, um, you know, all of these things, taste, All of these things you can describe and then, you know, what happens if you can't describe? You know how sometimes if somebody, and this is quite an interesting thing to sort of say to someone and I'd never thought about it before, but you know when someone says, what does it taste like? And it's very often someone will go, "Mm, I'm not sure. And there's like this humming thought and you're like, well, mm, must be a thought sound, right? (laughs) And you could take that and go with it somewhere, you know? So everyday and everyday objects as well. As Again, you know, I grabbed a pen um, uh, found objects we were talking a lot about um i i uh, talked about varez and um using uh he said i can't remember the exact quote right now but um about how music is simply organized noises mm-hmm. um and there's nothing wrong with noise that's the other thing is um so the other reel that i did yesterday i purposely made some quite ugly sounding jazzy music in the background. And I did three myths about what what composing is. And one of them was composing has to have a catchy tune. You know, the music has to have a catchy tune, not true. Um, There was another one, I'm just trying to think what it was. Um, So we had catchy tune, Oh, that you have to be able to, you know, write it down. It was, you know, it was all those same things, but sorry, my brain just went, you know, (laughs) Um, but the idea being, you know, that you don't have to, um, there's no convention. I mean, technically there's convention in composition. That's only because of the stuff that was written down over time. And that's also something that you can talk, you know, like notation. It didn't start with the notation that we know, you know, it started differently. And also, the you know, the Guidonian hand and people learning using different joints on their fingers as pitches. You could still do that now if you're doing a singing thing and you could, you know, direct someone and say, I want you to sing this note, then this note and this note. As long as you describe what it is, it works. So, yeah, as I said, I just think it's really to do with finding your way and having fun with it.
0: Yeah, mm, I love it. Oh, you've had so many good ideas. Um, so if, if somebody wanted to learn more about both your programs and, you know, and you, the work you're doing, how, how might they connect with you? How can they find you?
1: Well, hopefully by the time this comes out, my website will be up and running and not <laughs> under construction, uh, my <laughs> personal website. So that's just SoniaNassen.com. Okay. Um, and, uh, that will have links to literally everything that, <laughs> that I've been talking about, um, because as I said, my personal musical life also includes um, the legacy of having this uh, musical family. Mm-hmm. Um, so there might also be links to things to do with, with my father and his music. Um, and also uh, you can go to go compose North And uh, that will tell you um, again, we're probably going to be revamping the website soon, but um, that tells you about workshops we've done in the past and, tutors that we've had um and a little bit more about go compose and then if we have workshops coming up that's where you would find out about them um and again just you know there'll always be an email address on both of those or um i'm very these days into direct messages on instagram Mm -hmm. Um, so if people want to follow me on Instagram, um, I also do a really, so I'm going to show, you know, I, I do photos of coffee, um, (laughs) and, uh, I'm obsessed with rainbows and unicorns and (laughs) I have pink hair. So, um, there's all kinds of different things that might appear on there today. My post was about, um, because again, I'm a singer, so I also teach voice lessons and I'm about to start, um, a program from it's again, it's going to be online, and I'm going to teach only from home. But it's also going to include um, the similar listening classes that I described, where people can type and listen, so that people get a, a, a well-rounded singing education, mm-hmm. um, and also um, can do some obscure things. So today I was posting about um, some new music that arrived in my house, which I was very excited about, which was um, Japanese art song um so Japanese art song and then I also got um I wish it was in front of me it's in a different room right now um a really fun I'm obsessed with pens so uh some fun pens from Japan as well
0: (laughs) (laughs) and what is your what Instagram handle should we look for
1: oh um sings things sings things is my personal Instagram and go compose n a um, as in North America mm-hmm. is, um, the go compose handle on Instagram. But if you look for sings things, Sonia Nusson or go compose NA on most social media, you'll find me somewhere. Awesome.
0: We can <laughs> include some links as well in the description. That'd be show. awesome.
1: Yeah. Thank you. Direct things.
0: Oh, well, this was great. Thank you so much for everything that you shared. Um, I'm, I'm really excited about the programs that you're offering and to see, you know, where this continues to evolve as we, mm-hmm. as we move along. Thank you. Yeah, so thank you for being here. This is part one of a three part series on creativity through music composition. Please join us next time with Robbie Burns. Thanks for joining us. Make sure you subscribe below. And follow us on social media. I'm at Musical Teresa, I'm singing Finch One and you can follow the hashtag Pass the baton Book.